0: Hello everybody, welcome to Attitudes with Andy. My name is Andy and thank you so much for being here each and every week. So, discipline, getting shit done, being productive. I think we could all use a lot more of that in our lives, including me. Sometimes I get stuck in that old scroll hole. And today we have somebody who is uh, all of those things, disciplined, structured, getting after it. He has built a wonderful nutrition Based company selling surf, snowboard, skateboard, protein powders, recovery bars, all of that, which we will get into more. Um, he literally cannot keep stock on the shelf, so it's going very well. But alongside that, he's also completing his PhD in surf, surf, surf things, nutrition, and also being very active in the community, but quite literally active. He's run 161 kilometers. He ran a marathon the other day. The man is a bit of a weapon, Um, but most of all, he has some amazing insights into running his business and also just keeping everything together. I'm always amazed by you. I'm like, how are you humaning right now? Um, So we're gonna delve into how you manage all of this, how to build discipline, and your journey of building your business. So Ricky Dan, welcome to the podcast.
1: You nailed that intro, well done. Thank you. Stoked to be here.
0: <laughs> Stoked to be here. That is the name yeah. of his business. It is. Okay, so <clears throat> I butchered quite a lot of that. So we will define your business. But yeah. before we do, I want to talk about this 161 kilometres that you ran. First of all, why 161 and not 160?
1: 161 is exactly 100 miles. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like 160.8. Nine something something, but one hundred sixty-one. So that's a okay. hundred miles, and that's what I wanted to do it was the hundred mile milestone. So okay, yeah, it's not just some random number I made up. One yeah,
0: night. yeah. I was yeah. just like, as an OCD person, I'd prefer one hundred sixty, mm. but I'll live with one hundred sixty-one <laughs> point something eight eight. Okay, so why the Jeff? Did you do that?
1: That's that's a big question. <laughs> um, that that derived from many years of just doing hard things and I guess I always just want to provide myself with the evidence that anything is possible and I heard of a hundred miles and didn't think that would be possible for anyone, yet alone me. And so I literally just tried it to see if I could do it.
0: When did you do this?
1: That was end of last year. It was like October, November last year.
0: Okay. Mm. So you were like, yeah, let's give that a crack. Did you train for it?
1: Yeah, a long, long, (laughs) time. I don't want to say I'm like Goggins or anything with no training doing 100 miles. was a lot of training and I think people should respect that process and not just go and kill themselves doing some stupid ultra endurance event. Um, But yeah, it was about like nine months of solid training, but it was coming off the back of other ultra endurance events, which certainly helped sort of build the base. Um, But yeah, I just did it by myself, not in an event. I just had my my mum and my brother as my aid stations who were on the bike and driving along the way and just sort of leapfrogging me and had a lot of the um, Hedges Run community come along and join for five or 10 Ks. And it was just an awesome day out. Yeah.
0: Wow. Because I watched the reel of it and mm. seeing like your segments of how you were each milestone. And at one point it looked like you were crying. Were you crying?
1: I did at 120 kilometers.
0: Yeah. That and was I think the lowest you were like, why? Yeah. why am well, I doing this?
1: That's why you sign up for ultra events is because you know you will ask yourself why you're out here and that's that's why you do it. So to me, um, and it sounds crazy just saying this out loud, but the first 120 Ks was just the warm up to get to the point where you think you are done. Um, and I've had this in other events before, like the Ironman and stuff, where you want to get to the stage where you think you're done and then you push through it and then you get on the other side and you learn all these lessons and blah, blah, blah. But for me, it was at that 120 mark where I stopped. It was just the worst conditions possible to run in. It was freezing cold, pouring with rain, super windy. Like the rain was just coming in horizontally when I was running and it was just in a, I was in a very bad place and I had a marathon to go. My, my, right knee blew up and so I couldn't even like weight bear on it and I was like how can I possibly run another marathon on in these conditions and uh, I did and that's what you know that that's where the biggest lessons have come from that is like when you think you are just completely out there is still so much more left in the tank and so yeah I'm really glad that that moment happened. I think in the real, you're talking about, is it when I'm just curled up in a ball on the bench and I'm getting like yeah, pat on the yeah. back? Yeah. I was
0: like, Oh no, man's crying.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a, that was a bad time, but that's the reason you do it. So,
0: yeah. Holy. That just made me emotional. <laughs> that's so nice. Yeah. And it looked like you had so much support.
1: It was amazing. It truly. And that's why over the last three years, I've done quite a few challenges like that. And the support from not just the running community, but just, ultras in general they're such a supportive community whereas other sports everyone's competing against each other um so this year is the first year I haven't signed up for some stupid event and my goal has literally just been to support as many other people as I could because that's what I received over the last three years so Um, and I've yeah I've been really lucky to be able to join quite a few people's challenges already this year yeah, I've seen that I was like what yeah. is up with
0: Ricky Dan and like you ran an insane amount the other day supporting your friend who was like yeah my, my mate
1: or ran from state? no no it was here so he ran from the Burley Hill to the Gabba is that the one you're talking about
0: oh, I'm not sure
1: there, there's been quite a few and Perhaps. so I've been super lucky to actually be a part of it um but yeah my mate ran from Burley to the Gabba raising money for a charity
0: like in um, Brisbane Yep. Oh, that's really far.
1: It's really cool. I didn't even think you could get there by foot with the highway and it just winds all through the suburbs and it's exactly 100 kilometres. So.
0: Oh, shit.
1: Yeah. And then Sean um, Bell, my other mate, completed a 200-miler. Maybe that's the one you saw as well. Yeah, Bell. I think that was. So I joined him for the back half of that and that was just a truly, truly incredible thing to be a part of. Like a 200-mile race. I think only five or six people started the race. And there's only a few in the world. It's a very special thing. And he was the only one that finished. Um, and so to be a part of just a crew that helps someone travel by foot 200 miles, which How is, many is 320 comments? kilometers, is, is truly special. Um, and just the way he went about it, like he was just still so positive and it, it just everything about it blew me away. And it certainly restoked that fire to like – go and do something again because I thought I wanted one year off of just helping other people, but I saw that. And I was like, oh, you need to get back into something.
0: (laughs) Oh, wait. So how much did you run with him?
1: Um, I did about 90-ish Ks. It was sort of like start, stop, start, stop. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Um, So it was the back, the the last 100 Ks I joined with him. So, um, yeah, which was crazy because I hadn't done any endurance training before that. Like I'd been consistent with my running, but just like – 10Ks and the social run club sort of runs, which are fairly short, uh, and I had no idea what to expect going into the pacing and and um, yeah, I ended up running 80 kilometers nonstop, like in one stretch. That was pretty pretty cool to just be able to rock up and run 80 kilometers nonstop. I was pretty proud of myself doing that.
0: That's nuts.
1: Yeah, but uh, yeah, it is built off the back of years of of this training, so it's yeah, once again, not something that I'm condoning to go out and do stuff like that um definitely respect the process but yeah
0: holy okay that's amazing <laughs> um onto stoked your mm. business your baby tell us about stoked what is stoked nutrition
1: stoked nutrition has changed and evolved quite a lot over the last few years um right now with the new branding and everything we're a sports nutrition brand um tailored to action and adventure sport athletes and enthusiasts so there's sort of two components to the business. We have the product side of things and the services. So at the moment we have different supplements um, and we're about to release the first range of nutritional bars, which is super exciting. Just a little little plug there.
0: <laughs> Always um, plug, we love it. Yeah,
1: and that, that's where the focus of the business will go in the next well, near future. And I think that's going to be the, the game-changing product for the brand of these bars. So the focus will definitely switch to that. Um, but then we also offer nutritional coaching. So a big passion of mine is bringing an evidence-based approach and bringing a science-based approach into these adventure communities that don't really have that just yet. So I want to um, pair up you know, surfers with qualified dietitians and nutritionists and high-quality health professionals because at the moment there's just so much bullshit online with all these surf gurus or these these self-proclaimed nutritionists that have these alternative waves that are just quite a lot of them are really dangerous. So I want to standardize, you know, if you want nutritional advice, see an accredited professional and I want to provide a platform where if you're a surfer, I will pair you up with a qualified dietitian or a nutritionist that is also a surfer. So they can um, empathise with the constraints of being a surfer, what it's like to be a surfer, or if you're a snowboarder or a skier. I want to I want to build a team with all these professionals that are specialised in these different action sport areas um, and sort of provide that platform, yeah, for the community. So.
0: That's such a niche, but also probably not such a niche because I'm sure it's such a big community, surfing, snowboarding, skateboarding, skiing, like mm. all of those. That's just something I never would have thought of, especially about the nutrition around it.
1: Yeah, the whole industry, since surfing got announced in the Olympics, um, the last Olympics just gone, the whole action sport industry is just booming. It's a very good area okay. to be in. Yeah, it's, it is. Even, you know, like mountain biking and, and there's just so many things now that are becoming a bit more mainstream. Mm. So I think... It's just a smart decision if you are into any sort of action and adventure sports, find a way to, to climb on this growth because it's becoming somewhat mainstream now to do these things that, that previously we just thought were hobbies, whereas now we're accepting that, you know, they are high-performance sports that are in the Olympics. People are taking it very seriously. And so, um, yeah, I just want to help sort of increase the quality of training, nutrition, all the sports science side of things that I am a specialised practitioner in I just want to help that growth so
0: and why the name stoked
1: oh I it's just me it's the brand it's a common ground and it's it's my way of tying together the community that I want to build so the feeling of stoked everybody knows what that feels like but it looks very different between people So for me, it might be getting spat out of a barrel surfing, (laughs) but for someone else, it might be, you know, hitting a big jump on a snowboard or, or getting in sort of like flow state in a podcast, if you're a podcaster. And so the feeling is very mutual. Um, and I wanted to play on that feeling and say, if you are someone who chases that feeling, which is what action and adventure sport enthusiasts do, they want that feeling of stoked. Um, I want to provide you with help to have more of that feeling.
0: Feel for it.
1: Yeah. So that's why a little slogan is like fuel the feeling, um, fuel your stoke. And so it's providing you with high quality nutrition that can put you in positions to experience more stoke.
0: I feel so re-energized right now. Like I can feel your passion. <laughs> it's so nice.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. No, there's, there's a lot of passion there. So
0: yeah, mm. one would hope. <laughs> so let's um just rewind a little bit. So starting your business. I would love to know about that because so many of the listeners are very like entrepreneurial like that and like want to start something but obviously it can be very daunting I can imagine being like oh, where do I start how do I do it so yeah how did you first get the idea um and then you know execute back in the day uh, yeah tell us the gear you know I, I, wish, <laughs> I wish there was
1: some sexy story that's like I had this game-changing idea that I just <laughs> brought to fruition but when I started in business, I had no idea what business was. I have no experience in business. I have no family or friends that have started businesses. I had read a lot of books about CEOs, entrepreneurs, and I, I knew that the, those types of people, I wanted to be more like them.
0: Why? What was it about them?
1: They're, the traits that they had, I respected them. And that's what I wanted to be like. What traits? Um, being ambitious, being genuine leaders, um, game changers and being like proactive in trying to solve issues in society rather than sort of just being the victim of society and just saying it is what it is. They're actually sort of challenging that status quo and I I love that. So I guess the reason I got into it is because I was just curious. I was like, what is business about? Um, I knew that All business essentially is, is you providing value to someone or you solving someone's issue and then them just compensating you for that. So I just asked what value can I bring to any community? I knew that my sports science background was very extensive. I've got a lot of knowledge there that a lot of people find valuable. Um, And my passion is it started in in surfing, but all action sports. So the first business, I actually just started – creating, um, online training programs for surfers. So oh. it was it was called flow performance training and it all started when COVID hit. So long story short, I was living in, I was working in Finland when COVID hit, came home un- unexpectedly. That's a whole other story. Okay, Had like the, the dream gig over there. I loved every second of it, came home and just had so much time as everyone did pick lockdowns. So... I just used that time. I put my head down and just started making these programs. I said, you know, um, I saw all these top people in my field, all of these really high up people that I was striving to be. A lot of them were just losing their jobs with, with COVID. And I was like, it was the first time I questioned my path going, there's actually a lot of uncertainty and
0: Oh. Wait, sorry. When you mean top people, what industry are we talking about? Oh, just, your PhD just, or? Oh,
1: sorry, just high performance. So I was a mostly a strength and conditioning coach um, for the the large majority of my professional life. So okay. working with sporting organisations. Okay. So my goal was always <coughs> to work towards working for Tennis Australia or Cricket Australia or Surfing Australia, and so there's high performance managers at these centres who are like the pinnacle of our industry and so many of the sports science staff and high performance managers were losing their jobs and all this stuff was happening just overnight and so it was the first time i thought to myself like i need to find other ways to bring in income i need to find out passive income ways or just something to to create a bit more security and so then i thought you know i can i can easily make programs that's what i do for a living um surfers will appreciate it i'll put the time in now and so i spent. Hundreds of hours going down to a local gym, filming hundreds of exercises, making these programs, making these PDFs, building a website. I had no idea how to do any of this um, and spent hundreds and hundreds of hours doing that. And I sold one
0: to, nice. some,
1: to <laughs> some random bloke from Wollongong who i never heard from again. Um, <laughs> but that was my, that was as much of a mistake as it was, it was also the best thing that happened to me because I had to ask the question, what is there a market for? And that's what I didn't think of was that is such a saturated market. The whole surf training there and there are just so many surf gurus and, and people that have apps and all these really cool things. And I was just putting together these crappy little PDF documents with, you know, with templates of, of training. So um, anyway, that's how it started. And, then I asked the really simple but important question, like what is there a market for? Mm. And that's when I shifted to nutrition. That's when it just hit me and I was like, there is nothing out there nutrition-wise for these guys. There is so much training-related stuff, but there is nothing in nutrition.
0: It's, which is so true because, mm. well, obviously I wouldn't be targeted because that's not my genre, but I haven't personally seen yeah. any like apart from strict nutrition. <laughs> um I'm really enjoying where this conversation is going, but just quick question. When you only sold one, how did that feel? Because I feel like a lot of people would kind of be crushed by that and be like, oh, okay, well, I'm throwing the towel and this feels horrible. Like, what was your reaction to it?
1: It's – I didn't feel any of that. And I, I think it's because I've just hardwired myself to look for the lessons that I've learned, and I look back over everything that I did. I didn't know how to use – a DSLR camera. I didn't know how to use editing software to put videos together. I didn't know how to build a website and all of these things that I did have proved to be the most valuable lessons that I'm even learning now with the business. So I knew that I couldn't fail because even if I didn't sell any, I'd still learn all these skills. Whereas most people would have just been sitting at home watching movies. And I just, that's just the sort of mindset that I've sort of trained myself to have. And I'm really proud of that. Um, And obviously it's not ideal not selling any, but I knew that um, when it comes to business, like your first idea probably isn't going to be the idea that you run with and make a billion dollars from in 10 years time. Business is about like reflecting what does a customer want, what's their market for, and then just making adjustments. And so I just saw that even though I rebranded completely. So it started off as flow performance training. Then I went to surf science nutrition I didn't see that as a failure. That was just a stepping stone to get to surf science nutrition. And then I look back at surf science nutrition, that was just a stepping stone to get to stoked. So I never really, yeah, like failure to me is a, I still struggled to explain how I look at failures because, yeah, you could define that as as a failure, but that was like the best thing that's taught me everything that I know now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's not failure. It's just like redirection. Mm. Okay. So – Sorry, frog in my throat. Um, <laughs> That's that's really, really good. I think uh, in my head, as soon as you were like, yeah, I wasn't really bothered by that. I was like, oh God, you're really built for business. <laughs> the fact that you're like, it's not failure. It's just lessons learned mm. that then got you to where you are now. Mm. And had you not gone through that, maybe you wouldn't be where you are now. Yeah, we wouldn't be. Uh, so you then was like, okay, what does the market need? The market needs nutrition. Then you were like, then no what happened?
1: Yeah. So... I just started asking surfers in the lineup, like what issues are you guys having as surfers with nutrition? Um, and I got some pretty consistent feedback with um, not knowing what to eat before surfs because most people go out for a surf um, and on the slopes and don't eat anything beforehand, which blows my mind. Cause like if you think of running a marathon, if you ran a marathon, without a fueling strategy or a nutrition strategy and you ate nothing and drank nothing. You would be seen as crazy. But the action sport world, these guys go for 4 and 5 hour surfs, don't eat anything before, nothing during, no water, no nothing, but it's just normal. So, yeah, the, the messages that I w- was getting when I was asking what issues are you guys having were quite consistent and then I literally just built products around that to solve those problems. So I came out with the uh, uh, pre-surf fuel, um, supplement, which is just like a little, um, supplement dissolves in water, have it before, uh, and then like a recovery blend for after, uh, which yeah, super successful. I put a order in at the start that I didn't even think I would sell half of them. Um, and yet completely ran out of all my stock. And so that was good. Um, but I knew deep down bars is just where it would be. I just didn't have the knowledge as to how to make them. And that's what has taken the longest time. Supplements are easy. You just get the macros that you want. You send them to like a manufacturer and then you just t- tinker with like the flavors, but they just add a flavoring. Whereas with bars, they're so much more complicated with, you change an ingredient it changes the whole flavor like there's no
0: and the texture of it as well texture there's just so
1: much to it so that's why I started with supplements because it was just genuinely easier and I could get that out there sooner and so I've just spent the last couple of years now learning how to do the bar stuff and yeah finally getting there which is really cool
0: that's so so exciting so what year did you start um stoked nutrition or what it was back then
1: um so I, I launched stoked nutrition earlier this year it's only very recent um, but I had surf science for nearly two years.
0: Yeah, that's what I meant, surf science. Yeah, yeah, sorry. surf science, yeah. Okay. So
1: that was um, uh, nearly three years ago now.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cool. So I'm just like putting myself in your shoes and also thinking about how I would think but also how maybe like other people would think. Okay, so you have the idea. You're like, cool, I want to do the nutrition thing. I want to make like a pre-thing and a recovery blend a lot of people would be like, okay, I don't know how to do that. That feels mm. really overwhelming. That feels really scary. How did you feel? And then what was the action that you took to like overcome that? Yeah. Because you've really like made shit happen.
1: Yeah. But I just want to make it clear. I, I made shit happen with no understanding at the start. I could not have been more excluded from, I'll get, I'll put it this way. I had to literally, the first thing I Googled was how do you make a nutritional product or Am I allowed to? I thought these things had to be made by the government or something where you have all these regulations. And um, so I just Googled, how do you make a nutritional product? And then I found out you need to go through a contract manufacturer. Googled Gold Coast contract manufacturers. And so it was 12 months of not knowing anything, throwing myself in the deep end, and even having meetings with these manufacturers where, you know, I was rocking up to these places in some here in Burley actually, where um, I was just so naive. I had no idea what questions to ask. I didn't know anything. And so I remember so clearly this one meeting with the first manufacturer I went to, um, we had like an hour meeting. I told him everything that I was trying to do, all these goals I wanted to 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 hit with these products. And then he's like, so what sort of first purchase order like amount would you want to do? And I had the amount of capital that I had to invest. And I was like, uh, I even exaggerate that a little bit. I was like, oh, maybe like, I think I said like $20,000 or something, which was more than I was willing to spend just to sound like, oh, you know, got got some coin. Yeah. Um, and he was just like, oh, right. And their minimum order was, I think it was like $500,000. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I'm so sorry for wasting your time. <laughs> and just so many uncomfortable things like that from just throwing yourself in the deep end with no knowledge. But, once again they're just lessons that you learn like I wouldn't have known that and so it was just every day being open to learn um, and I just love learning like that's a strength that I have it's why my PhD is in learning and just everything that I do during the day is to learn and that 12 months to learn how to create a product product was yeah exactly that just one step at a time even how do you make a website how do you Make a business Instagram account. How do you make reels? How do you market things? Like I had to just learn every single thing that you can imagine from scratch, which was really difficult, but, um, yeah, it's worked.
0: Okay. All right. Wow. So you also are doing your PhD. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many hours do you reckon that requires like each week? Is that like really intense? Cause it sounds intense.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, how many hours a week? How many hours a week should I be spending on it or do I spend? (laughs) No, (laughs) 2 I don't know if my supervisors will be watching this this Ah. podcast, but.
0: (laughs) Please click off Um, if you're (laughs) listening.
1: (laughs) A PhD for most people is the most time demanding thing that anyone can do for like the least amount of pay. It's paid very poorly and it is an unbelievable amount of work and time. So most people I go to uni with and I share an office with, they're sleeping under their desk. And I, I, I did this as well back in my master's. They're just all. Oh, they're so
0: you did your master's and now you're doing your PhD. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just loving at uni.
1: I love learning. That's yeah, literally okay. what it comes down to is I just love being better each day. And to do that, you have to learn. So yeah, I did four years of undergrad. So I did an exercise science degree, did an honors degree, did a master's degree <laughs> and now doing a PhD. So I love the learning process. Okay. Um, but yeah, most PhDs, you don't see that person for the three or four years it takes them. It just consumes their life. They don't have a social life. They don't, yeah. Wait, it takes
0: three or four years? I thought it was a year.
1: PhDs, yeah, at least three to four. (laughs) So you you can't submit until at least three years. Um, Yeah. so I'm in my third year now.
0: Okay. And are you hoping this will be the end or have you got next year as well? It all depends on how much
1: time I invest into it. I could pump it out before the end of this year if I wanted. But with the business side of things, it's literally like I'm juggling two mammoth full-time tasks. And so I literally just go through changes of this week, I'll focus more on the business. This week, I'll focus more on PhD and just sort of juggling between that. Um, Now these bars are coming out, the PhD won't be getting too much love for a little bit. Um, So it all just depends on when and how much time I invest into it. So my goal is to graduate um, or su- or submit early next year and hopefully become Dr. Dan, um, sort of this time next Dr. year.
0: Dr. Dan.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Whoa. Okay. So yeah, your schedule sounds nuts. I would kind of love to hear... Yeah, how you manage everything because that's insane. <laughs> I feel like I struggle to manage my life, and I'm like, I don't have that level of <laughs> <laughs> intensity in it. So, yeah, how do you manage your life? What are your kind of like skills, priorities, and all of that? Because I commend you in being still at like the social events, like the social running groups, and all of those. And you're always like, "Hey, how are you going?" Mm. I'm like,
1: "They are, are very sure important. you're not
0: having a meltdown." Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, look, we had a little chat earlier today about how I sort of frame my life in little chapters. So the chapter that I'm in now isn't going to continue for the rest of my life. And the chapter that I'm in now wasn't the same as it was two to five years ago. Um, but right now life, to give you an example day, um, pretty much every single morning I, I start the day at like four, because um, I'm just a morning person. I love the mornings and I don't like night times.
0: Yes, I amen. Go to
1: bed very, very early and get up very early. Um, but every morning will be either the gym at four, going for a run or a training session at four, um, working on the business or going for a surf. And so I love to get most of my. I I, I like doing business stuff early in the morning because there's just no distractions at all. So I might work on the business from like four till eight, get a large chunk of work done um, and then I'll sort of switch my focus to PhD during the day because that's when everyone's emailing, supervisors are up, chat to them, have your meetings. So there might be PhD from, you know, um, eight till three or four and then I flick back to business and go business from five till eight or whenever I go to bed. And that's literally nearly every day at, at the moment. And over the last three years, I've been I've been really proud that I've also done these physical achievements because they have demanded a lot of my time. And so the difference between this year and the last couple of years is that nearly every morning at four, I'd get up and go for a run. And so training for ultra marathons is just time consuming during the week. So I, I could imagine. literally run like a training, and I, I it sounds so dicky when you say but like a marathon in the morning before you sort of start your day What was a pretty normal thing um, last year and the year before. So I would, and I'm so thankful for my, my brother. He just froths like coming on these runs. He'd jump on the bike and we would get up even earlier if I'd have a 40 plus K run scheduled. So I'd get up at like 3.30, just pitch black and just my brother and I just cruising down the Gold Coast just with no one out. Um, I actually really, really enjoyed that. It was just like a, I don't know, such a content feeling, like just, anyway, that that's a different story. No, it was beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was, it, was re- it was really nice. But, um, yeah, so right now it is very structured, um, very full on, which I love. And I'm not going to pretend that, you know, a lot of people hear that and they're like, oh, like, I'm so sorry, you're always busy. And I... I just hate that mindset because I love what I do every single day. Like I genuinely can't wait to get up and start working on the business. And I haven't taken like a cent of profit from it. I haven't actually got any, you know, financial reimbursement. Um, I just love every single thing that I'm doing and it just makes it really easy to prioritize things. So if there's a destruction, if there's something that's, that doesn't align with my vision, I can very easily now say no whereas previously that was a big weakness of mine was sort of spreading myself in. Um, So, yeah,
0: that's... Oh, that makes me feel so happy (laughs) when you're like, I love what I do.
1: Yeah, (laughs) no, I do. It's, yeah.
0: And then the social aspect. So you clearly like make it an effort to make sure you're still connecting with people. Am I correct? Mm,
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at the moment, um, the run clubs are definitely the way to do it, but I'm just very lucky that a lot of my friends... Um, they're very supportive of what I do, but they're also very involved. So like my biggest customers for Stoke Nutrition are some of my best mates. They have all the merch, they buy all my stuff and they're there at my ultra marathon events. I run with them, I do these things. And so I'm very thankful that that sort of aligns with these sort of hustle things that I do. But then other social things, I just don't, it just doesn't interest me. If I'm completely honest, I don't, you know, uh, not not a lot of people know that, but, like, I don't drink at all, and so I don't really enjoy going out late nights. I just can't do late nights anyway. And so um, I never really feel the urge to have to socialise at night. It's always just, like, more wholesome things. Like, yeah, run clubs on Wednesday mornings. Like, yeah. how good are they? You just They're get so up early, <laughs> go for a trot, go for a swim, have decent conversations. It's actually got a purpose behind it. Yeah. And, and that's sort of what I need to do in my behaviors is it needs to have a purpose. If I feel like I'm just existing in a room with people where I don't have a purpose there, that's where I feel uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, that's.
0: Mm, yeah. That's a great structure. Okay. And so what about like, uh, yeah, like discipline and getting things done? Are you, do you ever, are you ever just like, oh, I don't feel like doing today. Like that just sounds like a lot.
1: Absolutely. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Okay, so you do have moments where you're like, I don't feel like doing this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But I, I guess that's, that's what excites me in a way because that's where you know – how should I put this? I think every bit of discomfort that you can bring into your life is an opportunity because every, everything that I do comes back to my vision which is to become the best possible version of myself right like every decision that I make comes back to that and to do that you need to welcome discomfort into your life because that's how you grow and that's how you become better and then that aligns with my vision so if there's any moments like that that's what I actually thrive off because I go this is gonna suck but just do it anyway because I know that feeling afterwards and it's such an easy thing to say but Um, having that feeling and turning it into a habit where when you feel that resistance, it's now just like, you're going to do it anyway. That's a really cool habit to get into. Um, and that's what I'm trying to build. So every time I have that feeling, I just know the more I override this, which isn't every time, but the more I override this feeling of, ah, shit, I don't want to do this. The more of a habit it's going to become. And then it's makes life easier. (laughs)
0: Yes, yeah. that's huge because I think a lot of people will be like, I don't feel like doing it, therefore yeah. it mustn't be right. I shouldn't do it because yeah. it's like even fun things, sometimes you don't feel like doing it. Like sometimes before podcasts, I'm like, I don't feel like doing it. And then mm. as soon as I'm recording, I'm like loving it. Yeah. Um, do you know Mel Robbins? Yes. Yes, I love her. She's yeah. like, if you did everything you didn't want to do, you would have everything you've ever wanted.
1: Love that. Absolutely,
0: And I was like, that is so true. Yeah. Because we we don't feel like, a lot of the time we don't feel like doing anything because like Mm -hmm. obviously our natural state is probably just to be like safe, uh, conserve energy, be in the known. And then everything you want to do is probably like outside of that. Yep. So you just have to like not listen.
1: Yep. Even things like something as simple as going for a swim or going for a surf. If it's cold, the last thing you feel like doing is going to just jump in the ocean. But then how damn good do you feel after it? It's...
0: You never regret going in the ocean unless you get bitten by a shark. Yeah. <laughs> <Touch wood. laughs> like, yeah, I was yeah. I was going for my other beach walk yesterday. And then I was just like, I really want to go for a swim. Like I'm not in my togs, but I was just like, I was like, just do it. Go for it. Yep. And it was like a little bit cold, but it was so refreshing. You feel so alive. Yep. And it's just like, you got to make yourself do all those little, yep. all those little things. Well, it's just like,
1: it's, you know, going back to you are choosing the path of, of least resistance or most resistance and the more you can lean into that, that resistance and make that a habit, the more positive outcomes you're going to get from that. I think um, one thing that I have and I, I read this every single day is um, I try to always choose the, the hard right over the easy wrong and I think making that a habit in your life, it sounds counterproductive because if you're doing hard things all the time and making hard decisions, doesn't that make life hard? But it actually makes life a hell of a lot easier. Even, even things like, you know, if you need to um, have a difficult conversation with someone like a loved one, the easy decision is just to not do that and let that, nah, like just put that to the side. But for the long run, that's what makes life hard is the shit relationship or the fact that it hasn't been said. And so, I always just try to lean in because we we know what the right thing to do is. It's it's never a question of what is the right thing. It's just do you have the strength and the courage to go and do that. And I think the more hard things like that we can do, the better off that we are, and the easier life is. Yeah.
0: Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. yeah, it's like that quote where it's like, if you, if you do what is easy, your life will be hard, and if you do what's mm. hard, your life That's will exactly be easy. It. That's so, so true. Yeah. Damn, I love that. And you feel satisfied. Like mm. uh, going back to when you were like, I, when I don't feel like doing something, I do it anyway. And then, you, you do feel so, so satisfied when when I look back on like uh, a day where I'm like, that was a good day. It's not necessarily where I've like gone to the beach and laid in the sun and read a book and just like done the easy things. It's mm. like, oh, when I did the workout, I didn't feel like doing. When I sat down and did the work that I didn't feel like doing. Yep. And then I'll, I'm like, and then you feel so good about yourself because you're like being in alignment with, with what you want to do.
1: Couldn't agree more.
0: Couldn't agree more. <laughs> Okay, I have a really random quick logistical question. Yeah. <laughs> like when do you like do your food shop and like prep for the week? Do you prep your food oh, for the week absolutely. and stuff like that? And
1: that That's another thing where that makes life easier for you by – so Sunday. Sunday is the answer. Okay. Sunday is washing, grocery shop, meal prep. That's something I'm very passionate about, my my grocery shop and, and meal prep. Okay. <laughs> um, but that's – once again, it's, it's just a matter of setting yourself up for success. It's not about putting out fires during the week and they're your hard things you're doing. You can also put yourself in a position to have a productive week and that's Sundays for me. So, um, yeah, I I love it. I love, there's just something so rewarding about just cruising down the aisles, like getting good food and (laughs) going home and doing a massive meal prep. And um, yeah, it's all, it's got a purpose. And so, yeah, people hear of, you know, like the day I just told you about from 4am till bedtime is all you know boring hard things but even when I socialize it just needs a purpose so I do have days where I am recovering but instead of staying up until midnight watching movies eating ice cream I might go to bed earlier or cook my spend more time cooking myself like a really nice nutritious meal or um, I just make sure everything has a purpose so even downtime like I don't half-assed that like I love going down and watching a sunset like taking some food down or you know recently I've just been going for some little night walks like just along the beach where there's no one out and that just really refreshes and recharges me it's not just like a half-assed effort at trying to have time off that ends up making you more stressed because you've just wasted an hour it's actual you know, meaningful and purposeful.
0: Oh, I like that. So it's not just you sitting on your phone, like scrolling, being like, oh, this mm. is chill time. You're like, yeah. if it's going to be chill, we're going to make it chill.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, you've got this really down pack. I'm like, oh, there's so many things I need oh, to tweak.
1: <laughs> none, none of this is done perfectly. It's, it's just what I'm trying to create. And that's the important thing. It, it Please, I don't want to make it sound like I've got freaking life sorted. It's just, these are the things that I'm currently working on and that's the way I see it. And, you know, it's like the way I sort of define success is when your behaviors match your values. And so that's what I sort of reflect on each day and go have my actions during that day, have they reflected what I value? Um, So if you, for example, um, if we couldn't communicate in any way, you had no idea what I value. But if you shadowed me for a full 24 hours and watched every single thing that I did for that whole time, would your reflection of me be what I truly value? Like if I said I valued my health, but I then didn't do any physical activity. I just sat there in bed scrolling for hours in the morning and night eating shit that doesn't portray someone who values their health. Um, and so yeah, that's what I reflect on each day and just make sure those things are aligned and it fluctuates, it fluctuates. But if you just keep coming back to that, I feel like it aligns you better.
0: Mm, What are your probably like top three values?
1: Oh, that's it's actually something I'm, I'm working on updating because it, it changes a lot. And so actually I can't tell you at the moment because it's something that I spend a lot of time thinking about and reflecting over um, and they're currently changing with how much involvement in business stuff that I'm doing. Um, so at the moment, the only real clear thing that I have is is that vision of just becoming the best possible version of myself and trying to tie things back to that.
0: So. That's so funny that you say it changes because, like, and this is just me from the outside looking in, but I'm like, if somebody was like, What do you think Ricky D- and values? I'll be like, He values, like, um, like, achievement, ambition, and, like, success, but, like, in a, in a good way. Yeah. Um, he values social connection. He values his health. Um, and I would say you value family time as well. Mm. Last Absolutely. week he couldn't do this podcast because <laughs> he was with his family and Billy yeah. Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> but that's, that's just what I think. Like, yeah, you value yeah. pushing yourself up. See? What do, you, yeah. what do you think of those?
1: No, they're all – values that i value highly i guess yeah. what i'm thinking of is like their ranking
0: oh but that, that that's to change yeah no and that's Surely. what i'm saying
1: that's what changes i don't yeah. think the values have changed as much um, but as we go through the different chapters in our life the focus that we have shifts between them i feel mm.
0: yeah mm-hmm. okay wow um so i was listening to a podcast you were on before this podcast and you talked about uh, doing the small things every day and the really like unsexy things that like people don't put on Instagram that Mm. are just like really important. I don't know how long ago you did that podcast, but is that something that you're still, you know, like Mm. maybe getting up at the same time every day, going to bed early, like all of that, is that something you still, still value?
1: Absolutely. I can't even remember what I said in that one, but yeah, it's just, getting into a habit of doing the hard things. And so I think most people just, when they hear the word, you know, hard, they think of these massive things you see on Instagram. Whereas my focus is on the little tiny daily things that are hard. Like a really bad example was last night. I was unpacking the dishwasher, chucking all the plates away. And I went to shut the cupboard and leave the kitchen. I shut the cupboard And I shut it just hard enough so it like rebounded back open a little bit. And I just kept walking and I went, oh, I noticed that cupboard was just open. The easy thing here to do would just be keep walking to my room. But I went, no, stop, come back, shut the cupboard and then go back. And it just sounds like such a trivial, has no effect on your life whatsoever, apart from the process that you just went through to reflect over. I have a a decision to make here. This is the easy option. This is a hard option. Go and do that hard option because that's where habits grow, I feel. And so I'm not sure what examples I gave in, the, um, in that other podcast, but I just think the big things are too over-glamorized, like the real, the 100-mile reel, the reel and the Ironman stuff. Like, Yeah, they're cool achievements. And everybody seems to ask about the event where all of the lessons that I've learned came from the process and the person that I became to get there. That makes sense.
0: All the little decisions.
1: Yeah. It's the the, the Tuesday morning I woke up at 2:30 a.m. when it was raining and cold and no one knew about but I still decided to go for that run. That's freaking hard. It's it's those things that no one sees um, that you know deep down inside like you have that integrity like yeah I'm going to I'm going to do the things that I say I'm going to do. That takes a long time to build and I'm just super proud that like I know that I will do anything that I tell myself that I can do now. And that's really cool. Yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> that is really cool. Yeah. How do you talk to yourself inside your brain? Inside your brain? You know what I mean? Yeah, What's so your self-talk like?
1: Oh, it's probably too much of it, to be honest. Um, what
0: do you mean there's too much of it?
1: I don't know. I, my, one of my weaknesses is probably just like overanalyzing stuff and just thinking too much about things when I probably can just just take more action. Because that's something that I've been definitely working on, Um, you know, over the last five years, I used to always talk a lot about the things that I would do and I'd always advertise, yeah, I'm going to go and do this, I'm going to do this Mm. with very little action. And now I'm trying to do the opposite and just shut up and put your head down and do things and then tell people if they ask. So focusing a lot more on doing. So, yeah, I'm trying to limit the amount of internal chat that goes on. I don't know. It's, it's mostly positive. It's mostly positive. It's not like some of the stuff you hear where it's all like, you, know, you see ultra marathon people that are doing it because they're fighting their demons and they're like, oh, you know, I'm doing this because of this, happened at my childhood and all, like, all this stuff. Whereas yeah. like, I'm more drawn to things. I'm not sort of pushing myself, if that makes sense. So it's all very positive reinforcement. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you're constantly proving to yourself that like, oh, you actually can do this thing. Like you doing that hundred miler, you're like, I can't do that. Mm. And you were like, well, now we can.
1: Yeah. And a really cool tool that I use and everyone probably has heard of the, um, the cookie jar, like the David Goggins analogy, where you have your own cookie jar, where for me, it's literally just a piece of paper I have at home. It's titled the cookie jar and it has every single hard thing that I've done in the last, I think I made it three years ago. Yeah. When I read Goggins's book, I finished that chapter and wrote on the top of a piece of paper cookie jar and started writing things. And so it had my first ever marathon, my first hundred K ride, like all the physical things, but also a lot of personal tough things that I've done, which I won't go into much here. Um, and that's what I, that's my internal talk when things are shit, when things suck, when I'm hurting during events, because you reflect over that and go, look at what you've done Keep going, because that's like so inspiring. I think is proving yourself and and being proud of yourself. Like I feel like a lot of people try and just try and get inspired by other people's actions, and which which is inspiring. But there is nothing more powerful, I I feel, than than being proud of yourself and what you have done previously. So that's that's a lot of the internal chat as well.
0: Yes, there's definitely a sun like huge sense of like satisfaction and mm. and yeah pride in yourself when you do do the things. Yeah. Um, do you know the podcast Modern Wisdom?
1: Yeah, with Chris someone? Williams? Or yeah, something?
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's uh, there was this like snippet that was taken out from it and um he was just like the moment when you get to the point where you're like this is hard, I want to quit. That's the moment when most people do quit. And yeah. so if you can push past that that's where you're gonna see the the success. What do you think of? What do you think of that?
1: Oh, I agree, absolutely. Um, and that's probably what differentiates an ordinary life with an extraordinary life. I feel like I want to live an extraordinary life, and it takes it takes not doing ordinary things to get there. And if you know what the ordinary behavior or decision would be probably follow a different path to, to do something that other people aren't doing. And yeah, that the whole quitting thing and Goggins calls it the the 40% rule or 60% rule or something where you have 40% left when you, when you think you're done. Yeah. That's got merit to it, but you need to experience that for yourself and, and experiment with it as well, because it's one thing just to throw yourself in the deep end and, and break yourself. But I think, having slow progressions, doing harder and harder and harder things just compounds and builds on itself. So yeah, just trying to get to that stage as often as you can where, yep, most people would quit here and maybe just take one more step today. And then next week when you're in that same position, take two more steps and um, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's very motivating because then you're like, okay, this is normal. (laughs) Like Mm. it's normal to feel this way. Have you had moments where you want to quit in your business? Or you're like, why am I doing this? Like, this is really hard or Oh, anything.
1: absolutely. E- every day. Because I have invested a lot of time and my own money and I'm not naive to the risks involved. It's, starting a business is a very risky thing. Um, however, I just have built the confidence that I know there's just no question that I'm going to make it work. And so whenever I have those thoughts of like, or it's more of reminders of like, yeah, this is risky as hell. These are all the things you've done and sort of sacrificed. I just know that through doing challenges like I've done, I know that I can do anything that I set my mind to. And so that's just my reassurance. Like, yeah, it'll it'll be fine.
0: Yeah. Okay. So before we go into the fast five, which is how we end every podcast, <laughs> I just want to... Um, get some practical tips from you for me but also for the listeners because I'm feeling very inspired and jacked up from hearing how you do life, how you view life and your discipline and habits. And I'm sure you've like – you've built up to this. You didn't Mm. just go from like – Lying on the couch to then doing these long, hard days, I'm assuming. Yes. Yes. Okay. So somebody's listening to this and they're like, oh yeah, I have a few like good habits here and there, but I procrastinate a lot. I say I'm going to do something and I don't do it. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm wasting a lot of time here. Mm. Um, and they are like, cool. I want to be more disciplined, get shit done yeah. and take action. Where would you recommend people start to like get into the habits yes. you have?
1: That's a big question as well.
0: You can load on it if you want. Yeah, I can do elevator music.
1: (laughs) I think. I think what my advice would be Mm -hmm. is to provide yourself with your own evidence that like anything is possible, because. The, the one life-changing thing that's happened to me, and I feel like everyone has their own life-changing story. This happened. Finishing the Ironman Triathlon was the first time in my life that I committed to something and completed something that I genuinely believe was impossible. And I'm a very goal-orientated person. All through uni, all through my life, I've treasured my goals. I've had them on my whiteboard, and I've always been very ambitious, but they've all been goals that I knew I could achieve. And that Ironman was the first time I signed up, paid money. And even on the day when I took the first step, I didn't know if I could do it. And crossing that finish line was also, I don't think anyone saw it, but I had had a little tear come out of my eye (sighs) because it it was genuinely this feeling of like, holy shit, I need to rethink every trajectory from business, um, academic relationships, like what I am truly capable of. And so I had to reset all of my goals with this new scale, knowing that genuinely anything was impossible. And so what that's done is I'm now just like drawn and obsessed with like what can I do in a way. So it's kind of um, like a lot of people and a lot of advice is just like push, grind, get gritty, do all these hard things for, with all these negative connotations. Whereas my advice is, explore your potential and pick something that you look up to and go, man, that's the sort of person that I want to become. And then you will just become drawn to that. So like procrastination now, like I, it's become a lot less of a burden than it used to be because I am just drawn to so many things where I was relying on the discipline, the motivation and all these things. So yeah, find a way to, Provide yourself with the evidence that anything is possible. And I think your behaviors will naturally change for the better.
0: Wow. That feels so expansive <laughs> thinking about that. It does. Yeah. Because you're now like after that Iron Man, you reflected and you were like, oh my God, mm. I've been playing it so small. Yeah. I've been asking for the bare minimum. Yeah. Whereas like now you're like, I know What's possible? Yeah, and anything's possible. It is. It, it sounds.
1: I used to cringe hearing that. I hated that saying. Anything is possible because I just thought it was a load of shit. You're like, uh, and it's actually Iron Man's motto. So everywhere on the Iron Man event, just anything is possible. Anything is possible. It's like, <laughs> Fuck right, eh? but that was the first time I started believing it, and that has literally reshaped my life in in every area. That's why I've started phd it's why i've started business it's why yeah i've made a lot of my decisions because i've realized the potential impact i can have Mm. yeah so just take action on something um simple and easy to start and just keep working and be consistent that's all i can really
0: say that's huge yeah be consistent just put one foot in front Mm. of the other and then you'll be able to have days like Ricky Dan. <laughs> in,
1: in this chapter. In this chapter. In this chapter. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I definitely don't have days like <laughs> you. Um, but that's fine, you know? It is fine. That's fine. I'm doing me and you're doing you. That's it. Okay, so we end with the fast five. I'm going to ask you five questions and you're just going to answer whatever comes to your mind. I used to say like, you know, uh, a sentence and it'd be really quick, but it never ends up being like that. And that is... Hey, a- okay. okay. All right. First of all, what's been one of the most life-changing books you've ever read?
1: Oh, life-changing. It'd be the very, very first, like, self-development book I ever read or listened to on Audible. Um, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People.
0: Oh, I've heard of that.
1: Stephen Covey or something. It's a really old book, and it's just like, it's like a you know, like a textbook. It's like just so dense in theory and it's just all about personal growth and development and that's sort of – that's what sort of kick-started the whole journey. Um, and I just remember my old housemate in Brizzy, we would just go for walks along the Brisbane River, along that Coronation Drive stretch. And, yeah. we'd, we'd both and where you
0: see everyone from college and you're like, oh, hey, yeah, hey, hey, yeah. uh, <laughs> yep, yep, nice, yep, good to see you. Oh, another person, yep. <laughs>
1: 50 awkward conversations, half <laughs> conversations in one walk. Well, we were just chucking our headphones and listen to our own, our own books. That's and a mood. that was the first one I ever read. And I think I've read every single self-help development book under the sun. And there has been nothing new since that first book that I read. I think it's just the most wholesome. <laughs> it covers everything you need to know. I think about life and it just aligns what your values are and your behaviors. Similar like, to my um, what I was saying about success, where they have to align, it just brings all that together, and that's yeah. No book has really come close to that.
0: Great, so we can just skip reading all the other books. Absolutely, yeah. Just the yeah. Seven Habits of Highly Successful, Highly well, Effective, effective people. people.
1: Yeah, it's a the narrator is just so boring and monotone. It's oh God, the, the worst listen, but the content is gold.
0: Should I be like, hey, can I read your book? <laughs> 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 Offer that default. would.
1: Try to imagine that. I don't
0: <laughs> I'll change accents and be like, yeah. oh welcome. <laughs> okay, noted. Mm-hmm. Okay, I already know the answer to this, but I want everybody else to hear it. Who is your biggest inspiration and why?
1: Biggest inspiration.
0: Who do you look up to?
1: Oh, like business wise, we had a chat earlier.
0: Oh, oh. Wait, you can say, you can say, yeah, I was meaning that guy, oh, but you, right. can, you yeah, can say too. No.
1: Because inspiration in general, like I don't, like my mind when you said that didn't go to like business, like Nick Bear is who we were talking about before. Yeah, I've shaped a lot of my life choices around what he's done because I just have never aligned more with someone in my life, just the way his mindset. Um, But my mind just went straight to... My mum my and my brother That's like, so
0: cute yeah. I knew you were going to say that <laughs> I knew you were going to say your mum
1: No it is It's just the reason that I Am trying to get better every day Because I just Yeah I can't even really articulate why But they are The reason that I want to be better every day So Yeah oh.
0: Do you have any other siblings? <laughs> no Okay we will be really awkward <laughs> yeah. if you Oh and the sister we all hate Yeah <laughs> <laughs> My sister's not an inspiration. (laughs) I'm talking about you. My sister is an inspiration. Okay. (laughs) Just to clarify. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Mm. Okay. Those are two. Three. Very great.
1: Absolutely.
0: (sighs) Very great inspirations. Okay. What's been one of the most game-changing things? Okay. Actually, I'm going to reframe this. You go to bed really early. Please give us some beautiful advice on how to like actually get to sleep earlier so we can wake up earlier. Like asking for a friend because I'm really struggling to like,
1: like yeah. I'll be in
0: bed and I'm ready and yep. I'm tired. Yeah. But I'm just not falling asleep. So how do we set up our sleep so we can you know actually have a good sleep?
1: Yeah. Um, that is hands down the most important thing in life, I feel like. like. And that's coming from the biggest mistake that I've made was not prioritizing sleep for a long, long time. And that hurt and I struggled whereas now everything revolves around my sleeping routine and that's my advice is make it a routine regardless of how you feel how tired you are obviously life happens and things pop up where you have night events but 99.9% of the time just make a consistent bedtime where you are in bed at least trying to fall asleep there are so many things you can do to try and optimise sleep through having a, a cool dark room with all these things. I actually use um, a little like eye mask and, and earplugs now because it just blocks out everything and that's really helped. It's um, really
0: hot when you have a girl over. <laughs>
1: oh, so hot.
0: <laughs> Sorry, let me just put on my eye <laughs> mask and earplugs. That could be an ick. <laughs> that,
1: I reckon that's a little red flag. <laughs>
0: But anyway, continue. Yeah. um, Or it's a green flag because she's like, oh, he follows his sleep.
1: (laughs) That's a red flag. (laughs) Don't try and justify that.
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay. So you do that on nights when ladies aren't over. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Which is like, no. (laughs) Um, Move it on. Move it on. Yeah. Just making it consistent. And it's, it's, it's the thing I'm like most proud of now is, is how consistent my bedtime and wake time is, but it makes life hell when I need to stay up late to have dinners with people or go out for a night out. And I really struggle with that, but I just think that's 0.5% of my life. But 99% of the time, it's, um, it's very, very good.
0: Luckily people on the Gold Coast, like barely, we barely hang out in mm. the evening, you yeah. know? And if somebody's like, hey, you want to do dinner? I'm like, yeah, but we're, we're making it 5.30.
1: Yeah, Ab- oh.
0: We're making it early. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I never used to be a, a morning person. I hated getting up early and always stayed up late. Probably college would have that yeah. effect, I think. Yeah. Um, but I used to just think that you were born as like a morning person or, or a night person and that you can't change, but... I have drastically changed from what I used to be. So you can just make it consistent. Even when you're not tired, go to bed, wake up. You'll be super tired those first mornings when you set your alarm for five or whatever. Um, but just be consistent.
0: Yeah. Okay. So maybe have like a week where you're just like, you're just grinding it out. you got to wake up. And then, because I think like if you just say, say you set your alarm at like four, mm-hmm. obviously you'll be really tired and then you'll be tired during the day, yep. but hopefully you'll be so tired that in the evening you'll fall yeah, asleep.
1: Yeah, and don't nap in the avo. That's the little oh, thing that damn, I used to do. Damn, I love a power nap. I know. Oh, I mean, everyone's different. It may work for you, but if I nap during the day or in the avo, just no nah, no chance of falling asleep.
0: Okay, what time is your like time that you're like, I will be in bed?
1: Eight, eight o'clock. Okay, cool. At, yeah, yeah, pretty consistent at eight. Okay. You yeah, want to you be asleep at like 8.30.
0: Oh, it doesn't take you long to get to sleep. Okay, cool.
1: cool. Most nights,
0: yeah. Got it. All right, noted. Thanks. (laughs) Definitely just asked that question for myself, but (laughs) hopefully it helped other people. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. Okay, what is the worst piece of advice you've ever been given? Worst? Yeah.
1: Huh, never been asked that before. Uh, There's been a lot of like what if this happens and and then meaning like what are all the bad things that can happen. I think my whole family in general are very conservative. They're all teachers and professions and, and so I started off in PE teaching at uni thinking I was going to be a PE teacher purely based off sec- job security and all these things and so I, I think the large majority of my life I was always surrounded by the risks of risky decisions and that being the emphasis going, what if this happens? What if this doesn't work? And so it's not like any massive, terrible piece of advice. It's probably just the consistent messaging on the focus on what bad things can happen Mm. because the best thing that I've ever heard is just asking yourself the question. I don't know. I don't know who said it, but um, it's practically just what if it turned out better than you could ever imagine? And I literally think of that before I have any big decision to make, whether it's starting a business, whether you're starting running or whether you're going to ask a girl out. It's like, what if that turns out better than you could ever imagine? What if that girl turns into a second date and then your wife and then your family? And, you know, it's like, that's such a more powerful question to ask than what if blah, blah, blah.
0: Wow. Okay, wait. What's the question? What, what is the, What's the best?
1: What if it turned out better than you could ever imagine?
0: Oh. So I have that
1: written on my computer. So every time I think business-wise, I picture where I want to be in like 20 years. And like I'm not screwing around. Like I want to make a global billion-dollar brand that helps the action sport community around the world. And like I am openly happy to say that. Um, and so just the thought of like, what if it turns out better than, than that, that really drives me to take that action and, and keep pursuing it. Oh
0: my gosh. You know what I just got a vision of, of you like 100% completing that. And then you looking back on this interview (laughs) and being like, oh, little Ricky. Hey,
1: 40 year old Ricky.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hope you're still surfing and waking up early. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Very different chapter of my life though. Hopefully it's not a grind like at the moment. But. No,
0: yeah, it'll be it be different. Mm. It'll be a different chapter. That's yeah, that's a really really good question because usually I ask the question of what's the worst that can happen in the sense that like what's the worst that can happen if I write down all the things that could happen and then I'm like, well, I can live with that. Yep. Yeah. I think
1: um, Tim Ferriss has a really good uh, TED talk on fear setting. I haven't watched it in a little while, but he essentially just says, instead of goal setting, if you have something you want to chase, write down every single possible thing that can go wrong and then write like a little mini contingency plan for each one of those things. And it always works out that you're still going to be alive. You're not going to be homeless on the street, broke. And I really like that concept as well of like clearly defining this is the worst case scenario. And you know what? It'll still be okay.
0: Yes, that's the other question. I say, I say, will you die? I go, no. Yeah. Like, okay, do it. And you're like, okay. Yeah. Because like I always think because like I'm fortunate where like I've you know gone to private school. My family are like you know they they're okay. Mm-hmm. That like I'm like even if you sent it in say business and you went broke like you're not gonna be homeless or on the street. And I know that's yeah. like coming from a privileged position, but mm-hmm. then I'm like, well, you're in this position, so you may as well.
1: So true. Utilize it. Yeah, there is someone not in your position wishing they were.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. So true. Okay, <laughs> I think we're on the last question. I can't count. That's but all right. I, think, I believe we are. Okay. Sorry, these
1: haven't been very fast. Sorry. <laughs> haven't been very fast answers. Sorry. No, <laughs> that's why I was like, well,
0: let's start them now before yeah. the podcast gets to like two hours and then I have Joe Rogan do you all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Number five. What is your favourite quote? I feel like you've already dropped it. Okay, no. I'm still going to ask. There's so many.
1: Favourite quote. Oh, actually, I'm an idiot. Of course I have one. I don't know the whole quote. Man in the arena is just hands down, it gets me through anything. I think it's just the pinnacle of how powerful being vulnerable can be. And just, yeah, no that that is hands. Down. I don't even know I had to think about that. Yeah, the man in the arena. If you haven't heard of that quote, go and look at it because it's quite a lengthy, lengthy thing. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but yeah, I just think that is so powerful.
0: Can you give us a little taste test of the the quote for the people who don't know? it?
1: Oh, I, I genuinely, I wouldn't be able to cite any of it. Um, it's just about, um, the, how the the critics don't count. The credit should go to the person that is you know, laying on the floor in battle, dust on their face, putting themselves out there and being vulnerable. Um, and it just puts a really cool spin on even like the, the, the grind hustle, right? Like it's showing that it's okay to be vulnerable and oh, I don't know, I haven't really given it a whole lot of thought. I just read that and just, feel really good
0: (laughs) no 100% because I love that quote as well Mm. it is a bit of a big bopper but Mm. you you did summarize it well and it's just saying how like the people who are watching in the crowd their opinion isn't valid because they're not in the arena with dud dud dust and blood on their face and like fighting it's only the people who are in the arena that actually matter. Yeah, Yeah. because so, yeah, it says, like, the credit who doesn't count or something like that. Yep. Um, and, yeah, it's really beautiful. Mm. Do you no, I think,
1: p- like, any sort of social media stuff and interactions you get through comments and likes and all that sort of stuff, it's very good to insert that concept into that because, you know, if you go to check their Instagram, are they doing any of the stuff you're doing? Are they putting themselves out there? And um, even just, like, general advice to people on or when to accept advice and from who, like look at these people and go, are they in a position to give you constructive feedback or are they criticizing?
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. I always like think, okay, who's this person who I'm getting advice from? What mm. have they done? Yeah. And you know, like you wouldn't take advice, marriage advice from somebody who's like divorced, yeah. you know, um, but you might take advice from that person about like the billion dollar business they've built. Mm-hmm. like yeah so yeah. all the million dollar business I'll accept it <laughs> millions are fine <laughs> millions are fine <laughs> okay uh, and the last question we're going on to number Ooh, six number six. Um, <laughs> oh, I just dabbed that <laughs> means it's time to wrap things up if you could embed a habit a mindset into the listeners ears to make them a better them what are you gonna inhabit inhabit what are you gonna insert? Can, can you say that again if you if you could embed a habit or a mindset into the listeners' ears or oh, okay. minds. What what would it be? Something to just better them, and they will be either believe this mindset or do this habit consistently.
1: Hmm. That's a cool question. Thanks. Probably, probably something as simple as take action. Because I think so many people have incredible ideas, amazing potential that they're not taking action on. And the thought, so going back to like my personal mission statement is to become the best possible version of myself. That doesn't naturally organically grow. You have to take action on that. And the thought of a world where every single person is living to their full potential is pretty fricking exciting. And so if I had anything, it would be to take action on whatever they're thinking because the thought of how many millions of people have lived on this planet and not taken action on their dream or their, their big ambition because of insert whatever reason that really makes me sad. So to probably be just to take action on that thing and probably hearing this, they know what that thing is. Um, Yeah.
0: That is golden. (laughs) Ricky, Dan, thank you so much for coming on. Honestly, this has been amazing. I've been, like, trying to make an active um – effort to like keep podcasts you know 30 to 45 minutes and like what's this been it's an hour and 15 Ooh. and it has just flown by time flies. yeah i'm genuinely so inspired and you are such a beautiful member of the community and every time i see you i feel so happy i'm like <laughs> ricky dan <laughs> my housemate's like ricky dan uh, <laughs> you met her one time who's your housemate sub Oh, oh, you, right. I brought her to yeah, um, yeah. the Wednesday morning and she was like, he was the best person I spoke to because oh, he was God. so friendly. There's a the
1: thing with people saying my full name is like
0: Ricky Dan. It's Ricky Dan. <laughs> Ricky, Ricky, Ricky Dan.
1: Uh, thank you. It's it's the feelings mutual. So, yeah. Aww. I love what you're doing. It is very inspiring as well. So, um honored to be here
0: oh thank you and if the people want to find you on socials what what are your handles what am i what what are are your handles please please plug
1: um i'm mostly just on instagram just ricky dan uh (laughs) with an underscore um but the important page stoked nutrition with an underscore um anything nutrition mindset business related hit that one up um, either of those, yeah. Yeah,
0: and there's some great content. And then um, do you have a date of when the bars are being released?
1: Oh, I actually will be finding out Monday next week, so I can't say that at the moment. Okay, um,
0: secret. Go see the Instagram page for the announcement then. Yeah,
1: I'm still locking that in, but I can nearly guarantee it'll be the end of September. So once they're actually made, I've got a, um, I'm going to call it a business trip organized to uh-huh. uh to new zealand to get mm-hmm. some content for the bars and then i'll be releasing them as soon as i get back so i think sort of like end of september the bars will come out Amazing. and my life will get very exciting <laughs>
0: Ah, if it isn't already. If it isn't already. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you guys for tuning in and listening. We really appreciate it. Feel free to share this podcast around. Tag us if you uh, share it on the old social media. You can click follow and subscribe as that really supports the channel and always leaving a review makes me extra happy. So (laughs) that's everything I have to say. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next week. Bye. See you guys. (laughs) See you guys. (laughs) Catch you, mate. You did so well! Oh,